is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. So today's episode is it's a little bit of a bummer, but the intent is to give you a little bit of joy in case this is something that you're going through now or something that you find out you know, weeks from now or months from now, years from now. And it's really personal to me right now. There are three people in my life who found out that they will not be able to run anymore, either for a short period of time or for the rest of their life. Um, And it's been a huge bummer to them, life altering. And one of those people is my husband. He might not be able to run again. Um, and not just marathons or races, which I mean, he doesn't really like doing this anyway. The only reason he ran a marathon was because I made him do it. But like regular sports, Paul grew up as an athlete. He played football growing up. Um, and then as an adult, we've played kickball, volleyball, soccer, softball, flag football. Yeah, I played flag, flag football one time. It was really terrible. Um, I was like running away. People would try to throw me the ball and I would run away and Paul would like yell at me. But Paul's really good at football and he would always play in turkey tournaments, turkey bowl tournaments. Um, and so while training for a race isn't his cup of tea, like just being able to run as a part of his sport, you know, of a fun activity, that has been, that's been his jam, his hobbies, right? So I want to go back and I want to let you know what's happening with Paul in case we're not friends on Facebook or Instagram or you're just joining the podcast and you haven't heard past episodes. So last April, in April 2019, Paul was in a freak accident. He broke his heel and he spent the rest of 2018 doing physical therapy, um, waiting for things to get better. And we traveled a lot in 2018, but we did not do much in 2019. Um, We're just kind of like homebodies because even just walking around the block was really painful for him. I remember we tried to go to a festival in Oak Park, um, a street fest. So street fests are really huge in Chicago and Oak Park and, uh, and just people block the street and there's bands and there's, um, you know, little shops and there's food and music and whatever. Right. And so it's like a big part of the culture of living here. And I remember we were there and it was just, it was so hard for him to even just like stand or walk down the street. So I had to like run and get the car and like drive, drive us home. And so it was a big, it was a big thing all of 2019, um, not getting to do the fun things that you want to do. Chicago is miserable for a lot of the year. It's really cold for much of the year. And we live here for the summers. The summers in Chicago are amazing and fun. And because of his injury, he had to miss out on a lot of this. So it, like, as he was, you know, meeting with his physical therapist and his team of doctors, they kind of were like, hey, this isn't getting better. This is still the same. Um, So in the fall of 2019, his doctor, a different doctor decided that they needed to move ahead with surgery. So in December, he had surgery on his heel. They took part of his hip and they put it into his heel. And I'm not going to go into the details of this stuff because it grosses me out and I, my brain kind of shuts down. But basically, um, he had pain in his hip now because they took that and pain in his heel because obviously they cut that open to put it in there. And he was in a cast for a while and then an air boot, Um, and you know, things are healing. Like his x-rays look really good. The wound is still open. So he's just working on that closing up. 
Um, but I mean, this has been really hard. It's been as hard as 2019 was, um, not being able to walk around at all since December has been really hard. He's only left the house a few times to go to the doctor or maybe to go grocery shopping with me. If we go to a store that has like a motorized wheelchair, a wheelchair, um, if a store doesn't, it's too hard for him to walk on crutches around the whole store. Like that's a lot. Um, it's been so icy and snowy. Uh, it's not really been safe to just go down the stairs or, you know, like if there's a patch of ice, it could be really dangerous. So it's been a really tough winter. It's, it's hard to, um, take care of yourself if you can only be in the house. Um, so the lack of walking has definitely been a huge impact. And then a few weeks ago, we were at the doctor's office and I jokingly said something like, oh, I guess no Chicago marathon this year. And his doctor was like, I don't know if you'll ever run again. You know, if we can get you back to walking without pain, I'd call that a success. And Paul and I were both like, wait, what? Like, we assumed that him getting to a point of walking without pain was a given. Like that was the purpose of the surgery. But for that to be the success, like, yeah, that's, that's the success. But like, we thought this was going to bring him back to being normal, to being able to run again. And so we're, we're not really sure of what's going to happen. You know, this huge part of Paul's life and his identity being taken away from him, we, we don't know. It's, um, we'll have to just see right now. Again, he's waiting for the wound to close up and then we'll start physical therapy, hopefully in a few weeks. Um, but we don't know. We have no idea if he will be able to run again or if walking is the success. And, um, yeah, so we'll see. Um, and then I'm also thinking about two women in my life and without giving a ton of personal details about them, one was involved in an accident at her work and she was told that running is out of the picture for her. And again, just being able to walk would be a success. And then another woman who just started doing a bit of running at her gym, but keeps getting injured and was told not to run. It's hard when you find joy in something, you find joy in moving your body, and then you're told you cannot do this because it is going to cause more harm than help. Um, being told to not do it, it can feel really, really hard. And so that brings me to one more person, and that is me. So this weekend I have 16 miles. So I'll be running 16 miles tomorrow, actually. I'm training for a marathon. In April, which was an impulse decision, which is still funny to me that um, that running has become such a big part of my life. I was never someone who could run. I used to pretend I was hurt in elementary school, so I didn't have to do the mile test. Um, but there is a new marathon here in Chicago that starts at Grant Park, and then it runs south uh, for 13 miles, 13.1 miles, and then heads back north. And you know, it was cheap. It's the, the marathon's first year. So there's not a ton of people that have signed up for it and it's on the lake. And I love running on this part of the lake. You don't really get to see, um, this part of the city heading South. Um, I'm always on like the North side or maybe downtown. That's where the races usually take place. But like being able to run 13 miles South on the lake, that's pretty cool. And I thought, you know, I already have double digits under my belt right now because I trained with, um, a half marathon group during the winter and I've been going to run Chicago consistently. I was like, you know what? You could probably do this, even though the marathon's only 10 weeks away when I first signed up for it. I was like, you could probably do this. 
And so I was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this marathon in April and the marathon, the, the big Chicago marathon in October. But also if you have been listening or haven't been listening for the past few episodes, I have been dealing with hip and knee pain for a while, like for a long time. And it was kind of something that was just a part of my life. And I didn't really, I just didn't really like put a lot of attention, a lot of attention on it. Um, there are photos from when my brother and sister-in-law got uh, married and I was a bridesmaid and I was standing there um, in my dress, which is actually like a long gold uh, sequin skirt. And um, purple top and maroon top. And I'm standing there and I have like one leg bent and it kind of looks like really great because it shows like the curves in my body in this group. But I wasn't standing like that to look sexy or anything. I was standing that way because I couldn't straighten my knee and stand on my right foot without it hurting. So I was standing with everything kind of tilted, my knee bent, um, my pelvis, my pelvis tilted, my hips tilted. Um, and that was the only way I could stand comfortably. And then even at my wedding, um, this was still an issue at my wedding. And, um, I was wearing a knee brace under my wedding dress. And so this, I don't know, it's just this weird thing of like, you just, you're like, Oh, okay, this is how it is now. I'm just like in pain and not even doing anything about it. And, um, there was a time that I went to go see a physical therapist while we were in Atlanta. I had an, I had a terrible experience there. Um, the exercises they gave me didn't help. It was a terrible customer service experience and I did not keep up with the exercises. I think we were traveling a lot. I didn't like think about how can I fit this into my life? I was just like, cool, I'll get to that one day. I'll get to that tomorrow. And then it kept getting put off. So I went to go see a physical, a new physical therapist last year. And she told me that because I had been standing this way for so long, I really fucked up my pelvis and my hips. Everything was tilted. I was starting to feel hip pain because of this. Um, she was surprised that I didn't have lower back pain, but it was good that I was coming in to deal with this now because standing like this was obviously causing a lot of harm and it could compound. If we talk about the compound effects, it could compound and cause more pain in other areas of my body. So here's what's up. I was running a lot and I would have issues with my knee and everyone told me, you maybe you've been told this, everyone told me to just foam roll, like, oh, just foam roll, foam roll, foam roll. And I talk to people about this all the time. They're like, oh, I'm just foam rolling. And I'm like, cool, you need to strengthen your body. Everyone will tell you just foam roll, blah, blah, blah. No, you need to strengthen your body. That is, and again, I'm not a doctor, not a physical therapist or personal trainer, but in my experience, a lot of us are running because we think it's going to be fun and it's like this, you know, this new hobby and it's so cool. But a lot of us are putting a lot of pressure on our bodies without realizing it. And we're not strong enough to be doing the things that we're trying to do, running these long distances. So my calves were weak, my glutes, hips, um, hamstrings, uh, I wasn't stretching enough. Literally every time I was going running, my knee was taking the brunt of all this pressure that I was you know, putting on my body and it's not good. <laughs> so when I went to the physical therapist, she helped me align my hip. Um, she straightened things out, popped things back into place. And then she gave me exercises to do, to strengthen everything else. And I was consistently and have been consistently doing my PT exercises. The system that I found, cause, <laughs> uh, this year and last year, um, it was, I was really focusing on coming up with systems 
so that I actually stay consistent with these things. So what I found worked for me last year, and again, still keeping up with it this year, is setting a timer for 15 minutes, turning on some music, and then doing my physical therapy exercises, and then tracking it as well. So it took me a long time to figure out how to be consistent with this, but I have for you know several, several months. And my knee issues have gotten so much better. I can stand normally. Um, I'm no longer bending my knee. I'm just standing normally. My pelvis is the right way. My hip is the right way. And um, my hip does not hurt like it did before. But I'm not at 100%. There are some days that I'm sitting and I can feel kind of like a pinch in my hips. Or if I try to do a squat, Um, it might hurt. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Lunges don't seem to aggravate me, but for whatever reason, squats hurt me. Um, there are some times that I'm walking up a flight of stairs and my knee hurts. Like I feel like, oh my gosh, like it's about to pop or I need to crack it. Or sometimes I'm walking and I have this urge to like stop and stretch the back of my knee. And then psychologically, I'm a little fucked up. Like I have been doing these things for several years and I've also been wearing something around my knee for so long. Like I have these mini freakouts if I can't find something to put about around my knee. And this is uh, like the weirdest thing. I was watching Broad City, which is one of my favorite TV shows. I was watching it last week and Alana, like what she, she was like rushing to work or I don't know what she was doing, but she threw on like a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and she like ran out the door. And I realized I had this thought pop up in my head, like, oh my gosh, she didn't put her knee thing on. Like her knee is going to hurt. Like she's going to go out and she's going to walk in New York city and realize that her knee hurts and she's going to need to run back home um, because she can't stand this pain. And I was like, what the fuck Jacqueline? Like Alana doesn't wear anything. You do. You are the one that freaks out about this stuff. And you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be freaking out about your knee while you're watching someone else go walk around. Like this is fucked up. And so that's when I was like, I need to figure this out because this shouldn't keep happening. But that thought of like, oh my gosh, my knee is going to hurt. That has been in the back of my mind for a long time. And I think that it has prevented me from maybe um, going and doing things or from doing strength training because I have this fear about, oh my gosh, what's that going to do to my knee? Will I be able to do that? Right. So this has been like in the back of my mind and it's only, it was only when I saw that video that I realized like, huh, this is, you know, this is affecting a lot of areas of your life. And so I was chatting with my physical therapist and I was like, Hey dude, like things have gotten better, but they are not 100%. And what are your thoughts? Like, do I just need to be doing this more? Um, maybe I haven't been consistent enough. Maybe I need to do more than 15 minutes or, you know, like what, like what's up? Or like Paul said, he's like, shouldn't this be figured out already? Like you've been doing this for a while. Um, shouldn't this be figured out? And the physical therapist, she was like, yeah, you know, I would agree with your husband. I think that you should go to see a doctor and just see what's up. Um, I'm not in constant pain. Like I worked out this morning and I was fine and I am still going to go on my 16 mile run tomorrow, but on Monday I am going to head to the doctor and see what's up with my knee and my hip. And I know that there are, you know, there's a couple possibilities. She could say no more running. She might say like, Hey, you know, this marathon that you are running in a month, it's not a good idea. 
She could also say that the marathon in October is not a good idea. And I have to be okay with whatever she says. Um, I can be pissed, you know, for a little bit and I can have a temper tantrum, but I have to be okay long-term with whatever she says because I have to live in my body the rest of my life and continuing to fuck it up won't do me any good. I have to protect my physical health and I have to protect my mental health. So in the chance that I am told no more running for either a short period of time or a long period of time, this podcast, this podcast, I guess, is a little bit for me to remember for myself. And it is for you if you are one of those people who has been told that you can no longer run to protect your body. You know, you have to be in your body the rest of your life. You have to, um, you can't be in a fight with your body. I say this all the time around food. You can't starve yourself. You can't be in a fight with your body because your body will always win. It will always win. You have to be in a relationship with your body. You have to have a friendship with your body. You cannot keep punishing your body. Um, You cannot keep doing exercises that are hurting your body, right? So you have to protect your body. You have to be in a relationship with your body. You have to be kind to your body. So if you are told that you can no longer run, I want you to think about what running gives you. And I'm actually going to put these questions in the show notes so that you can come back to it if you're driving um, or you're not by a uh, a pad of paper. But think about what, what running gives you. So chances are, if you are a listener of this podcast, you are not, um, you're not trying to qualify for the Olympics. Like you're running for something that has nothing to do with running. So I want you to think about what does running give you? Like why do you run? Okay. And I'll tell you what running gives me. I run because running is something that helps me feel physically and mentally strong. I feel so fucking strong when I run. Um, Running 16 miles for fun is some really hard shit that my body can do. And then mentally, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that I can keep my mind uh, focused on one thing for 16 miles, for three miles, for 26 miles. Like I've done four marathons. The fact that I have been able to keep my mind focused and not even just the race, but like all of the training leading up to the race, like the fact that I can do that. Um, I have always thought like secretly that I have like undiagnosed ADD, um, not ADHD, but definitely ADD. I have struggled with focus for so long. And running is proof to me that I can focus on something, that I can calm my mind. I can do something hard when I commit to it. Um, The fact that I've been able to take something that I'm really, really bad at and make it something that I am pretty decent at, like that, that means the world to me, right? So I want you to think about what does running give you? I just told you what it gives me. Why do you run? What does it give you besides the calorie burn, right? It's not just about that. If it was about the calorie burn, you would be picking something besides running. There's so many other ways to burn more calories, but what does running give you? Okay. So the next thing is, so you write that down, like running gives me blank. I want you to think about what other things in your life could give you those same feelings or those same rewards or those same benefits. So like I said, running helps me feel physically strong and mentally strong. And I like that. I like, um, I like that I took something that I was bad at and made it something that I was pretty decent at. Right. So that's why I run. Um, so I'm going to think about what other things can help me feel physically and mentally strong. What are other things that I am really bad at that I could get better at that I could 
become decent at. And the first thing I'm thinking about, Paul makes fun of me all the time for this. Um, I'm really bad at swimming, like really bad. I, I can swim like to survive, like I'm never going to drown. Um, I used to swim laps in our pool in Atlanta. Um, I know how to tread water. Like I'm not afraid of water, but when it comes to like properly swimming, I I'm terrible at it. I hate getting my face wet. I don't know how to breathe. I plug my nose. Um, there's this, <laughs> we were in Thailand and I was on a, a boat. We were on like a canoe or something or no, a kayak. And you were like trying to push someone off the kayak or something. I don't remember what it was. And I had like my, I had my fingers over my nose, plugged my nose just in case I would fall. Like I was so afraid, like, oh my gosh, water is going to go up my nose. Like those are things that, that I'm bad at when it comes to swimming, like properly swimming and knowing how to properly breathe. Okay. I know how to swim. I'm not going to die. Right. But that's something I could get better at. I could be a better swimmer. I could do this thing that is physically hard. It's mentally hard. Um, and I could get better at that. Um, something else that I'm not really good at, um, but helps me feel physically and mentally strong is lifting weights. I could get better at lifting weights and get really physically strong. Sometimes I struggle Lifting weights for a long period of time because I find it kind of boring. Um, I could do the same thing that I did with running. Like I could listen to a podcast and I could make lifting weights an enjoyable experience. Instead of trying to jump in and do these 50-minute workouts, I'm looking at all my Beachbody DVDs and, oh my gosh, all of the workout plans that I've gotten from trainers over the years. Instead of jumping in and trying to do a 50-minute warm-up, I could inch my way up like I did with running. You know, I started running with couch to 5K, and then there were times that I was just doing a 1.6-mile loop in my neighborhood in Wicker Park, and then I would increase it, and I did a 3.2-mile loop. Then I did a 5K. Then I did an 8K. Then I did a half marathon. Then I did a full marathon. Like, I could do the same thing with lifting. So right now, I'm just doing 15-minute workouts. I could gradually build up, Right. Um, I could take something that I'm kind of bad at, something that I have trouble doing, have trouble focusing on, and I could commit to it and make it something that I'm pretty decent at. And if I took these up, I'd have to change the podcast to like, actually, you are a real swimmer or actually you are a really strong lady. Um, That would be sad. That would be sad if the podcast had to change, but I can still be a strong person. And I'm thinking back to my episode with Jason Fitzgerald. So Jason is the host of um, the blog and the podcast Strength Running. And he said that he actually doesn't call his clients runners, but he calls them endurance athletes. Endurance athletes who specialize in running, which is a really cool way to think about it. I Sometimes I struggle to call myself an athlete. And then it's like, Jacqueline, you run four marathons. Like, yeah, you can be an athlete. So this, this podcast could be, you know, actually you are a real endurance athlete, <laughs> but maybe not. That kind of sounds weird. But I think that the idea of being an endurance athlete, that opens it up to other things. You're not just a runner, but you're an endurance athlete. You do endurance sports, um, other activities that fall under that, not just running. So it's about what you are getting from this. Like you're someone who can endure a long (laughs) period of time, likes a lot of physical activity, right? Um, I'm also thinking about an episode, whoa, a little over a year ago with Lauren Stegan, who talked about her identity as a teacher and a student-to-be mom. And then both of those identities were taken away from her. 
And she was suddenly let go from a teaching job. And she was like, well, what the fuck? If I'm not a teacher, then, you know, who am I? What am I? And I can relate to that. When I left teaching, I was like, who am I? Um, What am I doing? Like, you know, what's important to me? What role do I play on this earth? And then Lauren also talked about being pregnant and being really, really excited to be a mom and then having a miscarriage. And she's like, well, shit, like this was just taken away from me again. Like now what? And really that episode was so great because it's so true. These things can be taken away from us. But if we think about why they're important, like what do they give us? You know, who do they make us? Right? Like being a teacher or being a mom is about helping someone and taking care of someone and seeing happiness in another person. And there are still other ways that you can get that into your life, even if teaching is not, you know, where you are meant to be, or even if you deal with the loss of a child, there are other places that or other areas, other avenues that you can go to take care of someone and be the important person in someone's life. Um, it's like why I went from teaching to coaching, to coaching other women. I loved seeing the transformation in my students, right? Um, I loved having my students come in and barely know how to hold a pencil. Well, no, I didn't love that part. (laughs) That part was really tough. That part was really, really tough. But I loved at the end of the school year seeing them like leave and they're writing paragraphs, right? Still, still kindergarten writing, still a ton of misspelling and phonetic spelling, but like being able to see that transformation that would happen over the course of the year, that's what I loved about teaching. I loved that. Um, and that's what I love about coaching is I get to see that transformation in my clients, you know, taking, taking clients from being people who, um, struggle to exercise consistently to running their first 5k. It's not about the 5k. I don't care what their 5k time is, but them being able to consistently run or feel confident in themselves to sign up for races. That's the transformation that I love. Um, I don't really care how much weight someone loses, but someone being committed to moving their body or taking people from binging constantly and being afraid of carbs to being someone who, you know, eats a lot of vegetables and can go to their parents' house or can go on vacation and not feel afraid of food. That's the transformation that I love, right? That's what I love. That's what I get out of coaching. That's what I get out of teaching. So it's like this, like think about, you know, what, what does running give you? What do you get out of it? Where else can you get that? What other activities can you do? What other sports can you do? What other, you know, what other um, things with your body can you do so that you're still getting the same benefits that you get from running? And it's not just about the calorie burn. It's really not about the calorie burn at all, but about, you know, who you are, what, what are you getting out of running? So anyways, I head to the doctor on Monday and, you know, the doctor might say everything is fine. You know, you're not at hundred percent, but just keep doing what you're doing. You're going to get there. Um, you, you know, maybe the doctor's like, do these other exercises or, you know, go see your physical therapist again. I have no idea. She might say like, Hey, just take a break. Like maybe miss this first marathon in April. She might be like, take a break, you know, no running this year, miss the second marathon. And she could be like, no, you fucked up your body. You're not running anymore. And all of those, you know, all of those might happen. None of those might happen. and I'm, I'm allowed to feel sad. I'm allowed to mourn and feel upset. Um, you know, it's not about being happy all the time. I'm allowed to feel sad, 
But then there needs to be a time where I put my big girl pants on. And I'm like, cool, well, I will figure this out. I'm actually reading the more, the Marie Forleo book. Um, oh shoot. Everything is figure outable. Like, cool, this sucks. <laughs> I'm upset about this, but I have the rest of my life to live. And I need to figure out what the rest of my life is going to look out, look like, even if running can't be a part of my life, um, whether that is the rest of my life or just, uh, this year or just for the next few weeks, whatever that is. Um, I'm hoping, I'm obviously hoping that everything is fine and, um, that I continue to you know, make progress and feel better. And my hip doesn't constantly hurt, but I'm not going to put my body in jeopardy of the doc is like, Hey, nah, <laughs> your hip needs a break. Your knee needs a break. Um, then we take a break from running, but I'm going to put in the show notes, a little activity for you. Remember we get the most out of things when we actually write shit down or talk to another person about it. Um, listening is so helpful, but just putting it into a different modality, um, you know, using other parts of your body and getting things out of your head um, and into words on paper or speaking it, it really changes, um, you know, what you're getting out of the podcast. So I'll put that in the show notes. And then also if it's, let's see, if you're listening to this before March 8th, make sure to join me for the run with Jacqueline. This is, this is the fifth run with Jacqueline event, which is crazy. I can't believe we've been doing this for um, five years. And so run with Jacqueline Day, you are going to walk or run or run walk or roll in your wheelchair or skip or whatever for one mile. Even if you can't run anymore, you can totally, you know, skip or walk or maybe, maybe it is, um, maybe you're at the physical therapist and you're using one of those wheel things for your arms, whatever it is, but just move your body for 20 minutes. And maybe that, maybe you're just doing your physical therapy exercises for 20 minutes. So it's called run with Jacqueline, but really just move your body with Jacqueline, um, 10 to 20 minutes on Sunday. And you will post a photo on Instagram or Facebook and make sure to tag me Jacqueline.Riccio.Stover and use the hashtag run with Jacqueline. So I can cheer you on, click the link in the show notes so that you can get my 365 habit tracker. So even if it is after March 8th, when you're listening to this, I will leave that link up because the 365 habit tracker has changed my life. And I know that it can change your life as well. All right, everyone take care and I'll let you know the results 